Hey Associates! So this episode is a recording of our workshop and lecture session on uh, Wednesday, January 26th, and we discuss a bit more on, on why press releases are still used and are important, um, and, and how they really function is actually very useful documents and ways for us to organize information. And then we look through a kind of state of the media uh, survey and report from 2021 on what journalists kind of have to say and how they like working with PR people, um, including how and what types of news tends to be important for them. And that is available in Canvas as well. You can grab that. And then we end by just talking through some real examples of press releases um, and sort of news announcements from around the UNC community. All right, let's go back in time. Happy Wednesday. Yay. We're doing press releases part two today. And so our goal is really to talk a bit more about the value, the reason uh, for using a press release. And then we're also going to look over a research report um, from 2021 that surveyed journalists across the, the country and how it kind of intersects with public relations as well. So that's kind of the first part. Then we're going to look over some examples of press releases I found just in our community um, and different ways that they get sort of used and distributed and we can unpack kind of the pieces we recognize about them. And then at the end, I will just talk a little bit about you know, how you might introduce yourselves to your clients. Yay! Because um, at this stage, everybody has signed a client. Hooray! So we do want to really start thinking about kind of that next stage of, okay, getting rolling on, at least getting to know them. Uh, so all your clients have awareness of who you are and that you'll be working with them. So you can feel really confident then reaching out to set up that initial kind of consultation meeting where you can really start filling out, you know, the worksheet specifically, you'll want to get to know what are some of their uh, key milestones and events this semester. So you can think about the timeline and you'll wanna ask them questions about their audience so you can start that audience analysis as well. So that is the game plan for today. Before we get started, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts. All right, well, you know where to, where to find me if you have some. Ooh, this is a little in shriek. That's not a bit. Um, and I'll move myself over here. Cool. All right. So the big kind of why of a press release, as we you know talked about as we were building our template on Monday, it all really comes down to being able to efficiently share information. Right. That goal purpose is really in press coverage. Uh, but then there's so many kind of sub reasons why it's still a good idea to create a press release. And so thinking back to Monday, why and how can press releases help us efficiently share information? What are some of the things you notice building your own templates or you know, doing the industry summaries in a press release template that make you feel like, yeah, this is pretty efficient. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> makes it really easy to read. Definitely, can you expand a little bit on that? <laughs> okay. Um, I just, like, I'm a history major, so it's like a lot of like the journal articles that are really long and like boring. And so when I was like trying to summarize what I did for like our next assignment, um, it was a lot easier to be like, oh yeah, these are the key details. And then when I was reading it over, I was like, oh yeah that's a lot easier on the eyes too yes oh my gosh i one absolutely love that you're using something from this class in other classes even though you know pr history we think of them as very separate but actually there's a lot of intersection there um pr folks could very much do things with history like one of my maybe someday career moves i would love to do pr for like a museum because i also started out as a history major actually um, and then on the flip side, history majors, anthropology majors, English majors, all these other kind of spaces often end up in things like marketing and public relations, actually. Uh, so that's super cool. I love that. Um, and I also like that you mentioned, you know, you're able to better understand kind of like, here's the big picture that could sort of be the headline. And then here are the actual connections and details that get us there. Uh, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I really like. I really like that. And I would I would agree with that. Any other, Olivia, do you have uh, any thoughts on why press releases are efficient to you? Like when I was writing mine for like the second industry summary and the first one, it was just such an easy way to like lay out the information, like the big picture, but also like the key points of why we got to that big picture and then like kind of wrap it all up and then give like a little information about our source, not just like a link to our source, which is like different than what I've done in the past. So it was something really easy and like unique compared to like what I've learned in journalism over the years. And so I really liked just how easy it was to read, how the layout was and just how it kind of got to the point was just like super readable, like user-friendly. Yes, oh my gosh. I love that answer as well. And ooh, come on in. Cool. Um, yes, definitely. I love hearing, okay, it's user-friendly, right? It's easy to find the information. Like those are critical elements of a good press release. Uh, we want people to easily be able to find, understand, and then reference later the information. Um, and so definitely that all goes into efficiently sharing info. Love it. Now there's a couple other reasons besides literally the functional summarizing it in one page is great for everybody involved. Um, there's a few other reasons specifically why we use this press release and why we follow that basic template. And the first reason really comes down to this idea of doxa. Has anyone ever heard the word doxa? Don't mind if you give me a thumbs up, thumbs down if you've ever heard it. Not surprised. I didn't really hear about doxa until I got to grad school for journalism, because um, it is kind of one of those you know, theories. If you're interested in grad school, one, love to talk to you about it. Two, you start learning about journalism PR at sort of this different level. Um, it's yes, applied, but also now let's talk about more theory. So DOXA is a term that comes out of what we call field theory, which is really just a framework that helps us explain and understand how people in the, uh, the same profession kind of function? What routines do they all seem to follow that helps us define, okay, that is a journalist. That is 
you know, a marketer, that is a PR professional. We all kind of, there's like a lot that goes into and influences on why these fields form. Um, but one of those key things we can use to identify is the DOXA, the uh, systemized routines that just kind of everybody follows because you're working in that field. And so with this professional kind of routine, press releases are just part of that. It starts with, right, in the classrooms, just like this, we like learn about them. And then those people either go off to be journalists who learned about press releases, or they go off to be PR professionals who learned about press releases. And now everybody expects to use and to read and to receive a press release. Um, and so just building off of Monday, it helps us also look more professional if we're delivering information in this way that follows the docs, that follows the routine of our profession. So that's just kind of one of those, you just do it of reasons. I find those less satisfying, but it is a reality of our world. Second, it is just that grid framework for managing information that you just shared functionally. It has all the details that you need. And then you can send out this document to your team, to your editor, to obviously journalists, but also internally, you just like have it there and can reference it super quickly that we love. It also makes it easier to get things like approvals. So for your clients, right before you get to the stage of actually sending it to UNC today, you're gonna wanna send a copy to your clients so they can make sure that you know the message is correct, that the dates are correct, there aren't changes on their end. And so this framework just makes it really easy for them to say, okay, you know, on bullet point number two, we actually are changing the time. We're actually gonna make it virtual just makes it really easy to accomplish those tasks. And then last, it's just super cost-effective. Um, I mean, the resources spent is really time. And the more you do it, and because it is this kind of like concise one-page document, they don't usually take, you know, an hour to do. Maybe the first time you sit down, right? It's practice, but we get faster and faster. And eventually you're going to be able to, you know, look at your PR a planning brief, you're going to be able to take what you know about your client, you're going to be able to take, you know, where you're sending it to, okay, bear news in, boom, without a press release, probably in under half an hour, right? So that's kind of the goal, super low cost, otherwise there's like basically no budget associated with PR professionals writing a press release. Those are kind of the big three I think about. Are there any other reasons you've heard or things even from the book that you pulled out that you associate with like, oh, this makes sense to me why press releases are used. You can throw it in the chat, my virtual friends. about that. One thing, you know, yes, these are the core reasons sort of professionally, things that resonate with me, but it's always great if you can form, write your own super meaningful connections to like why you want to do something or why it makes sense. Like worse, if you're like, I cannot find a single reason, maybe that's an opportunity to change what's happening in your organization. I definitely have found that to be true in my position. And eventually you get to a stage where you can make change, but always go through that action of interrogating. Cool. So now 
We're going to look um, in this full report. I've uh, uploaded it to Canvas in the lecture review page. Um, we're just going to look through a couple pages um, with the perspective of journalists um, and why they, you know, kind of like press releases and just how that state of working with the media right now is going. Oops. So, doo -doo -doo -doop. Uh, and let's put that over there. All right. Uh, and so this is coming out of, as we um, have kind of alluded to, talked about, right? There's lots of um, organizations and even potential jobs out in the industry. So if you're like, I don't want to be a journalist, I don't want to be NPR, but I like the idea of media and news. You get there's always opportunities to work for companies that do research on the industry and then generate reports as well. So that's where this is coming from. Uh, and they surveyed, uh, again, actual kind of journalists and people out there. So it's really interesting to read through more of it um, on your own time. It's not super, super long, but they have this whole section on, doo -doo -doo, where is it, this one? Uh, understanding audience and there you go. Yes, building better relationships. Let me zoom out a little bit so you can see more. Still good for you? Yeah, I think that works. All right, so a few things that we definitely want to keep in mind when working with news organizations. Of course, this is going to be worse you know, for these national newsrooms. For our clients, we can keep it in mind, but you know, being local, everything is a little bit, a little bit more manageable. I said holds true, right? One of the things that we want to make sure to do for our clients is some of that homework, right? So nationally, you know, sort of career journalists, they're like, oh, like people aren't even reading what we actually post. They don't know what my beat is or just sending things to me. And this is where in your strategic planning brief, right, it's good to identify those valued outlets why you need to do that audience analysis to make sure that you're sending it to the right people. So a situation I could imagine is, right, your clients are all student facing. They might have some services or things they wanna to get to advisors or staff. They might have things they wanna to get to students. And I could definitely imagine a situation where you send this press release to you know, UNC Today. UNC Today is our staff faculty facing kind of newsletter. And then there's like a different one that is a student facing newsletter. So if you haven't fully kind of thought about, okay, wait, which one am I sending it to? What is the actual purpose of this, you know, news item? And then we send it to the wrong one. Right? That's right where we're getting at here. It's like, oh, you sent this student focused thing to UNC today. Well, maybe, you know, faculty will share it with students, right? Maybe, but that's not really hitting the purpose or vice versa. So we still wanna think about doing the homework, making sure that the organization, the person you're sending it to, it actually matches what the information is going to be. Um, and so that will always persist, right? And so this kind of just striking stat, like most, most of these things, most people are saying, oh, they have no idea. You're just spamming me with pitches. So keep that in mind if you're a client project, thinking about, you know, what, and who is actually the best source for that. <laughs> There's just some kind of interesting things for days of the week. Um, a few 
thing. So with our UNC cycle, a lot of what our PR team and our news on campus news, uh, they are publishing. A lot of things go out on Fridays. So it still kind of holds true. As you're kind of thinking ahead, you might want to plan, right, to send out your press releases, your pitches early in the week. So that way people have time towards the end of the week. One of the biggest things, you know, as I transitioned out of being a student into work workforce is, you know, people don't like working on the weekends. We're not paid to work on the weekends. Like as a student, super easy to just wait, do stuff on Saturday. Often that's when I had more time. But like, no, we aren't gonna do that, right? So you do wanna kind of think about, even if you're working on Saturday, we can either, there's this really cool option in Outlook where you can delay send, or if you send it over the weekend, just know they aren't gonna open it till Monday. But then it's great, you come into office on Monday and it's like, oh, now I can figure out my tasks for the whole week. I can plan the calendar. I can get back to people, get more information. And it really is like, as I definitely have found personally, when I receive emails and requests, things Thursday and Friday, it's like, well, I'm not gonna do that till next week anyway. Like, oh, why are you sending this to me? Um, so you do just wanna think about the timing, think about the workforce, think about these organizations who are probably you know, pushing things into production the end of the week and doing more of their prep the beginning of the week. Cool. Is there any questions? All right. Um, time of day, just again, interesting stuff to kind of think about. Now, for things like multimedia, right? We are, of course, in this age of multimedia is great. Back. I don't know, before any of us were really following the news or thinking about things, right? Press releases tended to be way more just text and then it just you know, got printed in the paper. Maybe they had, and newspapers especially, had a lot more staff like photo journalists and photographers on staff. Now, a lot of those places are getting cut back or we expect the journalist to be, right? The writer and maybe the producer and the photographer. So we can absolutely think about when we send out our press releases, if there are like photos or if your client, you know, made a video, like I know uh, tutorial services, for example, they're saying they have a video, it's like two minutes long, that's kind of like, like an ad sort of for tutorial services. You know, so that could be the type of thing that you could include in a press release um, to somebody so that way they could also uh, present that information. So think about your clients might have images, videos, things like that already. You absolutely, if it makes sense, could include that in a press release. And, you know, journalists like that because users like that, right? It means they're getting more traffic. They're getting more eyes on the page because it all comes down to engagement. And so, so kind of just be thinking about that. Um, it's also likely that your client doesn't really have that information or some of that content ready. And so you can think about, you know, towards more the end of the semester, if you, you know, plan something that's in April, right? Maybe you help plan a photo op for them and you take some photos and then you could send that to, you know, wherever, the mirror or to Bear News. So just kind of be thinking about in the back of your mind, when can I add a little bit more media to this press release to make it interesting, engaging, and make it easier for right, that news organization to run the story.
Um, another stat, just again to pull out, if you still are not convinced that press releases are important and part of our work, 78%, they want to receive these announcements, these news, also from brands, organizations, right? So for your clients, you know, they're a brand, they're an organization, I assure you our folks up in university relations that run these things, they do, they want that help, they want that source of information. And then, you know, out into sort of the world. We use them. It's true. I'm not just making you do nonsense work. It really is a document that is useful. Cool. All right. And then last, um, just to talk about today, the things that um, are sort of newsworthy, kind of building on what you read in the, in the book already, like what is suitable to sort of pitch or to provide a press release for, right? We can see a lot of people just like the general like news, what is happening with your organization? What can they run as a timely, right, relevant, newsworthy type of story? Uh, if there are any trends, I feel like with your client, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I could see some of the clients having maybe some of that trending, trending information uh and ideas right maybe greek life if they've done any sort of i don't know trending things on how many students are you know rushing or joining greek life maybe that is an interesting kind of research that could you know be presented um invitations to events definitely see that right if veteran services has any kind of like hey we have this cool barbecue coming up you know you might actually try to invite like uh, our social media team say like hey there's a cool event happening. Maybe you want to come and get some, you know, live coverage for it. All of those are going to be really great. These ones, I would be more surprised if you found good tie-ins to your client projects this semester. Um, not impossible, just a little bit more surprised. Maybe things like a guest blog. Um, I could think of some organizations, but just now I think for you and your client projects, you're going to really want to focus on news types of announcements. You're going to want to focus on invitations to events. And then you could also pitch just stories, especially to places like Bear News. I'm sure they would love to have some ideas of like, oh, what they could do. They recently, um, just last night, did one of their one on one episodes with our provost which is like super cool. And so if it makes sense for maybe your client, you could help them pitch the idea of like, oh, maybe you wanna do a one-on-one, -on -one, right? With the director of PBA, right? Cool. So this is linked on Canvas. Again, recommend you read through it. It's literally lots of graphics and stories. So even though it's like a pretty long document, um, it's not like a lot of reading and it's just kind of really interesting um, with that 2021 data. Questions or just thoughts? So far, I'll open up the chat. Any questions, thoughts in the virtual world? Points you want to go back to? Um, 
Ooh, yeah, that is a really great question. What classifies big news? So our general kind of rules of thumb for newsworthiness, we like to think about who is going to be impacted by it. Um, and so thinking about in our campus community, kind of anything that has some student life impact, campus impact, probably is going to be newsworthy. We also think about uh, the timeliness and kind of the news. And so, you know, things that are happening sooner can feel more newsy, things that are happening in the future. It's like, yeah, maybe you want to just think about the timing to increase its newsworthiness um, rather than saying, hey, at the end of the semester, we're doing this. If you send it to them now, it's not going to feel right very newsworthy. It's like, well, we're going to forget about it by then. Um, and then we also think about things like the uniqueness of it. So if it's something that happens all the time, it's very routine, that is a lot less newsworthy than something that's like sort of more unique and like, ah, novel, right? The novelty. Um, and so there's not like a super specific way to be like, this is newsworthy, this isn't, but those are the factors you want to think about. And so, you know, I would say like, if there is like your example, you know, somebody maybe a surge in like numbers joining the club or something that could be newsworthy, maybe. It's unique to have a lot of new people joining the organization. Um, other newsworthy things. Uh, I would say if there's any like, I mean, besides like events and all that stuff, changes in leadership is kind of newsworthy. So maybe they hired like new staff, um, even introductions of like, hey, these, this is our front desk team, right? A lot of your clients are going to have that kind of stuff. That could be newsworthy because it's impacting, right? People that are coming in as sort of a unique because you don't hire new people constantly. Um, those could be some examples. Definitely, I'm happy to brainstorm more specifically with you. Once you talk to your client and kind of have an idea of what they also think is going to be newsworthy and important, it's really a question. And it's like, weird thing to nail down, but it really comes to, is it unique? How is it impacting the community? Um, and like, what is the timeline associated? Cool. All right, let's continue on. Present. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have a quick Slido, and actually it goes into a great question. So just with what you know about your client, you know, so far, you know, you haven't necessarily had an opportunity to talk with them yet. That's the key task for next week. You know, but just with what you have seen on their websites, what you know, like what is just an idea that you might have of something that could fit for a PR opportunity that and brainstorm that. I will do it as well. Oh, logged me out. Ah, yes, definitely. I think that makes sense. For me, I have to think about what's newsworthy in my world as well. Don't think big on my radar. 
when pins are released. And that could be newsworthy for students and for advisors. What else might be a newsworthy thing? They're just like, hmm. Nice, yes. Uh, philanthropy events, any you know, longstanding initiatives. Those are great. You know, when we talk about unique, it's if it's you know an annual thing, if you look at the big picture, it's like, oh, well, it happens every year. Is that unique? Yes, that's definitely still newsworthy because you know it's happening now within this cycle. It's timely, it's impacting folks. Ooh, an event sounds like it. Concert, yes, productions. Yeah, I think these are great general ideas. And now you can kind of go forth to your clients and get some of those more specifics as you start working out the timeline. I love it. You're thinking about really great things that all fit into good, right, PR. Remembering that we're not marketing in terms of that very traditional, here's just an ad for it. And we're not even necessarily doing content marketing in terms of let me create this whole thing. Instead, right, we're doing PR. We just want people to, to know about this. Awareness, elevate the publicity, make sure people understand what's going on. Cool. Oh, I'm so excited to like see what you all come up with this semester. All right, so now I just want to talk about some uh, just examples. I, I found three uh, uh, areas from our community where public where press releases were applied. So first, we're going to look at an example, thinking back to like that week one, the different types of public relations comes from internal PR. And so me, I'm your example, you know, but I'm going to show you press release that I wrote sent to UNC today and just kind of what that process was to give you a sense. Then I also found one from kind of public affairs, right? That's sort of the world of PR, but for more like government type entities. Um, it's generally what we refer to as affairs. Um, and so the Greeley Police Department uh, releases their press releases, press releases on Twitter. And then uh, the UNC News website, and they have so many you can look through. They actually have an example of we'll consider multi-channel and it will segue us nicely into next week when we talk about additional tools. So first we have, uh, can I also move this? Cool. This should be familiar, right? Press release, yay. So this is a press release um, that I sent to UNC today. So with what you know about press releases, what do you think this press release was about? Like how to read a template? What would you say, you know, that kind of big picture of what I was announcing? Shout it out. Definitely about academic proba probation, certainly. So one way that we can find the big picture of anything, and as we're right, thinking about writing our press releases, we wanna identify the big picture, is gonna be in the headline, right? So in looking back, like I could definitely tighten up this headline for sure. Notice the release date, which is also the date that I wrote it, was our, our first day back from break. And now reading this back, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely had just taken a 10 day break from work. Uh, but yeah, so headlines are gonna be as you're, if you end up you know, out, in, out in the world and receive press releases, right? You wanna look at the headline to kind of get a sense of the big picture. As you're writing your press releases, think about what your headline's gonna be. 
So I said, oh, okay, we have this report. I have to go through data, write a report about probation. And I want to just share the word that it's ready for people to view. Right, then we have our key points. We have our boilerplate here. The date line, it was, I didn't provide a specific date because yeah, it's just a report that's just existing. There's no need to actually put a date in there. So I sent this out to UNC Today, faculty, staff focused. Students don't really need to read it. Actually, I have it locked, so you can't. Um, and then this is the response that I got back after submission. So we can kind of see here. First, remember I had sent this out January 5th and I got the response back from the editor January 12th. So just kind of think about that. Um, there is always, of course, going to be a bit of a delay, right? They, they're getting a lot of pitches. They have a lot of stuff they have to do. Um, and so do kind of put that into your timeline, right? If you know that there is a concert happening on this date, don't wait two days before to issue right, the press release because it could take you know a week plus just for it to get published, printed, all of that. So do you factor in you know, at least 10 days, like that'd be like 10 working days can be really helpful if possible. A few other things. So she took my direct title and that's you know what they ended up issuing in UNC Today. Then she kind of distilled my headline and that first summary paragraph into one sentence. And that's definitely common. They have limited space. I gave them extra information. They could distill it. So if we go back, right, they took kind of this whole opening paragraph context I provided, changed it into one kind of sentence linking the media directly to it. Key data points, the things I wanted to highlight, right? My kind of highlight, make sure to mention this section. What did they do? They directly used that. So that's why it's important to get things like quotes or highlights, lead the journalist to what you want, you know, really emphasized. Because often they're gonna take that direction and be like, great, thanks for doing some work for me. Happy to highlight this information. And then last, they took, this is our boilerplate. Um, and so this is, the mission of undergraduate advising, all that context, you'll create that or grab it for your client. They took the boilerplate and then distilled it into this, this kind of last call to action. So we see where they took some of the very specific, like this is our direct language from the boilerplate, but then they kind of cut it down, you know, added some extra links. So questions, I don't know. It's just an example of really the true kind of life cycle in many ways. Um, and then of course, this was for me to give kind of a final proof and edit on. So if you submit things to places like UNC today, you can also expect, you know, they'll send you kind of a, hey, will you make sure that this is good? And this is something that you might want to also consult with your client project on. Before you send the press release, you'll get approval from your client. They'll be like, yeah. Um, but, you know, if there's substantial changes, things you're like, oh, I, I'm not sure if that wording is going to work, then you can also forward this final proof to your clients as well. Make sense? Well, yeah, uh, great question. And so for the, and we'll talk about how to submit like to UNC today specifically when we talk about print, um, their submission form, 
I think it only allows for one email. And so you'll want to be like, you're acting as the liaison, right, for your client. Um, but definitely when they like directly email you, you would be able to either forward this to the client or definitely CC them um, are really great options. Uh, just as a side note for email, CC means courtesy copy. If you CC somebody, you do not expect them to take an actual action. They just are in the know about it. If you put somebody in the to line, that is that kind of the connotation is this is literally forcing you to take an action on. Cool, great question. All right, now this is uh, that world of public affairs. So coming from the Greeley Police Department, again, we see, okay, immediate release at the top. We recognize that from our template. They put their date line kind of up here. They don't have the actual location, but if we know it's Greeley PD, well, yeah, it's gonna be in Greeley, right? So some of those pieces, you know, you end up using the template of your organization well, we still see, okay, contact information. We still have a nice headline. We know exactly what's happening, subject, action, and then the context details. And they even put the end of page down there, right? And so it's interesting, the Greeley PD uh, sent this, I would imagine, and it verified. And I'm sure they sent it to like the Greeley Tribune there's always like a section in the, in the Tribune of like crime stuff. Um, and so the Greeley Tribune can use this to kind of help update their crime beat in section. But this actually is posted directly to Twitter. And like we were talking about at the beginning of class, right? Press releases are super efficient at sharing info. And so what they really need is more information on this crime. So even as a random like, you know, general public member, we can still understand like, the information of a press release pretty readily. So, cool. And then last, and we're going to talk about this way more next week, uh, but this comes from our actual like UNC like news website. Um, it, it's ran out of university relations. And so what they actually are doing is turning their basic press releases into blog posts. And so blog posts, or something we'll be thinking about, you know, moving forward and a really, really great way to maximize kind of the return on writing your press release. Because the press release, you know, can be sent out to you know, all sorts of people. Um, and then we post this directly on our website, gets more traffic back to us. It's kind of just a nice way to recycle content. So things that are similar between a standard press release and a blog post announcing news, right? We still have Super clear headline, probably use the exact same one, right? We have the date line suddenly becomes the date posted, right, in blog format. And then we still are providing, okay, kind of big picture summary. This guy was named a distinguished chair and is now right in the College of Business, right? Big picture, Jerry Polis announced this thing, right? And then we go with details. We see a quote just like we were thinking about with press releases when possible, getting a great quote um, leads to more interest and then additional details and info. So kind of thinking ahead, even to next week, press releases give us a really streamlined pipeline to then create things like blogs for clients. Cool. So 
thinking about headlines, quick little exercise. What, I want you to just like rank the headlines. And I haven't used this ranking feature before, so let's see how it kind of works. Oh yeah, so you can just click on them and it will like put it in some sort of order. So kind of rank them in, if you were writing, write this press release, what headlines feel more meaningful? So we've talked about right, headlines, good subjects, good details, good verbs. What kind of seems like a sort of one, two, three, four. Yeah. Thanks. Think it. Yeah. Because you will definitely get very good at and practice with writing headlines. And so we definitely always want to think about write headlines, capture that big picture as you're taking notes, like everything we do, when you think about the big picture, right? It's subjects, it's verbs, it's any really critical details that really in that one sentence, I know exactly what's happening and can decide if I want more details or not. So, I concur, I like it, right? Our number one kind of ranked headline, who is, <laughs> and still there, Who's like the subject in the headline that ranked number one? Yeah, UNC Graduate School. What is the verb? What did our subject do? Yes, exactly. They announced and some context. What did they announce? Yeah, so we know what they announced and even when they announced, we have a good date. Um, I think that's a pretty solid formula. Second, definitely we have kind of a who, what would you call the subject in this one? Right, like the full schedule technically is a subject, but it's one of those like more of an object as a subject, very passive, really voice. But we know it's gonna be released for registration, what's missing, we don't know like when or what, you know? Um, so that could be a little bit better. We say we'll be released, you know, February 22nd, or the registrar releases fall schedule February 22nd, right? And then these ones, we have a subject, advisors, what do they have info for spring? But like, what info? Well, that's not super helpful. I don't want to keep reading that if I was sent that as a release, like, how will I know if that's meaningful? And then this one has like no details, right? Welcome events for what, for who, when, where, why? So just think about you know, we don't want to be too long, of course, but as long as you can answer in your headline, who, what did they do, some context and details, you'll probably be in a really good spot. All right, so our kind of final topic for today, now that you have all signed your clients, whoop, whoop, uh, you'll want to start thinking about, right, having a, an introduction to them. So say, hey, I am your PR consultant. They all, they all have a heads up that you are working with them, um, but your key tasks for like the end of next week, definitely you're gonna want to have gotten to know them a little bit so that way we can build our 
media and press kits. And so next week, our workshops are really focused on building some of that branding and media kits. You'll want to just think about and at least introduce yourselves, you know, in the next sort of five days or so between now and kind of by next Friday. So a few things that I found really helpful um, with these introductions. You may have heard of elevator pitches, right? It's really just a concise, snappy, here's who I am, here's what I do, here's why you should remember or talk to me. And we apply those same things in email introductions. I definitely introduce myself to way more people over email than I do in person these days. Um, and so some of the things that I find helpful, so you can kind of start drafting and thinking about that email um, to introduce yourselves to the client. Right, you'll want to think about, obviously, identify your name, where you're from. Again, these clients have awareness that this is this class and this project. So you can start with, you know, hi, I am Haley. I'm in the JMS 380 PR course on campus. Boom, first line done, easy peasy. Then you always want to provide some context, some background. You know, I'm working on this client project. I'm working on a PR timeline for your organization. You know, make it fit your voice, your flavor. But after you introduce your name, you always want to have some context and background and then provide some action items. Probably your action item will be, can we schedule time to talk about your goals? When and how is a good time to meet, right? Your action item is, you know, you want to move forward with an actual, can we talk about this project? Make sense? So whenever you have to introduce yourself to somebody new, you can always think about, don't forget your name, where you're from, who you work with, so they kind of know that you're legit. Provide that context background. Don't overwhelm them. Like a couple sentences, max is good. And then always make sure you have a very clear action item so they know how to move forward. You don't end up in this weird, just like, why did I get this email? Right. Perfect. So here's an example of I had to introduce myself to somebody new just last week on the 18th. Um, I've never actually worked with this person. Uh, they're up in survey stuff anyway. So you can say, okay, hi. You don't have to get too like fancy or cute. It's just professional. Hello, name. Um, I introduce kind of who I work under, where I'm at. I obviously <laughs> did not say my direct name, notice, but technically they actually have already been virtually introduced to me for this other like survey project. So they have my name already. My email is on their radar. So, you know, introduce yourself as appropriate. As students, I definitely recognize you might wanna introduce your name directly, but they also will have it in the subject line. So yeah, tell them who I work with, why I'm reaching out, having some of that context. And then, you know, it was a bit longer of an email, but my action item was, can you provide some insight and help me on this survey? Then I had some bullet points with my specific questions. She emailed me back, ended up setting up a meeting. It's tomorrow, we'll see how things go. So you don't have to get, it's not too scary. Don't stress, but do reach out to your client, introduce yourself a little bit. They do have your names. They know to like be looking out for an email from you. 
Uh, and then Monday, we are going to uh, outline some of those questions. So when you have that actual meeting with them, the specific questions that you want to make sure you have the answers to and ask. So that way we can actually set up our media kits and move forward with that campaign timeline. Thoughts, questions, worries? You got this, it's gonna be great. They're so excited to like be working with you this semester. So don't be nervous. Um, okay, so Friday in class, uh, we are going to practice writing a press release for the career fair. Um, and so just kind of know we're all, we'll get a Word document up again. Make sure you, you know, have your template from Monday saved and accessible because we're going to just practice actually writing out a press release um, for this event. And yeah, and then we'll share out for our industry summaries as well. So tonight you have your lecture quiz due three points, three questions. You do have two attempts, but you have to wait an hour between each attempt. That's due at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. And yeah, Friday we'll practice writing a real press release. Let me know if you have any questions. Thanks. You're all great. Stay warm, stay healthy. Let me know if you don't feel well, can't make it to class. You only have to give me tons of details. We'll get you set up. And, you know, if we end up with more people needing to join over Zoom than not, maybe we'll talk about Zoom options. Just keep an eye on your email. I'll definitely let you know what's going on. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I never know. But one of my favorite podcasts, like, always ends their episode that way. <laughs> And so I'm always like, ah, I'm just going to steal it. All right. Thank you, associates. Uh, on the next episode, we are going to do a workshop um, talking through actually writing a press release. Um, and so, you know, have your templates ready and we will get to writing a release for an actual event. All right, let's go team PR.